Now, this past week, News Corp uh, columnist Andrew Bolt wrote an opinion piece arguing why he thinks there's a strong link between multiculturalism and Victoria's second wave of COVID infections. Again, this was right after it came to light that a new COVID case emerged at an Islamic school in Melbourne's north. The rhetoric is nothing new, but the pandemic has definitely brought it to the forefront, particularly when it comes to our Asian Australian communities, who've really bared the brunt of COVID racism. Uh, Joining us today is co-founder of the Asian Australian Alliance, Erin Chu, to chat about a newly published study called Social Commentary, Racism and COVID, conducted in partnership with All Together Now, looking at anti-Asian racism during COVID and the different ways racism operates within Australian news media. Thanks so much for joining us today, Erin. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, Now, this report identifies five key techniques used by the Australian media to perpetuate Mm -hmm. anti-Asian racism. Could you give us a rundown of what they are? So um, the report kind of looked um, kind of looked at a few of the I guess the um, bigger media outlets and um, from the analysis um, that was conducted, um, they kind of came down to kind of five categories, which pretty much kind of demonstrates I guess the language that has been used, particularly in opinion pieces that have been published in Australian mainstream newspapers. Um, So the kind of five um, kind of looking at is irony, harmful stereotypes, um, fallacies, um, false or or mistaken ideas, um, you know, you know, um, inter-extuality, the complex relationship between texts and the idea of scaremongering. Um, So, um, you know, the incitement of fear. And I think um, number five is um, kind of the the kind of concept that seems to be doing a lot of the fear-mongering, you know, at the moment. Mm. And uh, now we know the answer to this, but humour us for a second. The study only analysed News Corp and Sydney Morning Herald publications. Why is that? (laughs) I think, um, first of all, I think, you know, when you you think about, I guess, newspapers, these are, you know, the Mm. type of newspapers and the kind of publishers of various newspapers that predominantly um, have a huge audience base, but also um, a lot of them also have a, I guess, a reputation, um, you know, for writing a lot of sensationalist headlines, particularly um, pieces which, you know, we could um, consider race baiting, um, you know, and victimising different communities. And so um, I think it was important that instead of looking at every single media outlet, we kind of select um, certain ones, which has a huge audience base, but also has that reputation of um, sensationalizing um, issues such as COVID-19, um, such as, you know, you know, other a lot of other situations, you know, when we talk about, you know, anything to do with Islam, and as you highlighted with the, um, you know, cases of COVID, anything to do with race, religion, these papers are pretty much there um, using those headlines. So I think it was quite important to kind of look at the papers which had that kind of reputation, and that's probably the reason why we kind of use those particular um, media corporations. So, Erin, um, the report sets out how Asian Australians and minorities are routinely othered, and not just mm. in, like, you know, racist commentary, but also in just general news reporting. Um, mm. What does it look like in general news reporting, and what is a better way for white organisations to talk about us? 
I think um, when we kind of look at that, we also first of all need to kind of look at what is the, what are the demographics of those working in our mainstream media outlets. And if you look at a recent uh, report that came out from Media Diversity, seventy five percent of those that you know we see on TV visibly host particularly are usually Anglo Celtic or what we call you know casually white. And um, when we kind of talk about um, how, um, you know, different minority groups um, are being represented, we know it's represented quite poorly. And we know that, um, sadly, a lot of it is, um, again, to do with a lot of race baiting, but also fear mongering. And um, when we look at um, what the media has done, but also what the broader society has done, and a good recent example would be the whole situation with Erica Betts and his idea of questioning the loyalties um, of Asian Australians. A lot of these things, yes, they have that political um, influence, but also the media has had a huge influence on how that particular debate, particular growing influence of China and how that has impacted on Chinese Australians and Asian Australians. Um, a lot of it is to do with how the media has portrayed this entire debate. And, uh, you know, there's not really much data out there looking at the rise of um, racial abuse during COVID, which is unfortunate, but there's no doubt that there are very real and and tangible consequences um, of racist news reporting. Mm. Um, But the thing is, those kind of everyday consequences are also really hard to quantify and prove. So how do organisations like yours go about doing that? Could you tell us a bit about the methodology behind your research? Yeah. So um, part of, so there's, um, you guys might have heard there was another survey that Asian Australian Alliance, we launched um, in um, collaboration with Osman Chu, who um, was one of the witnesses at that Senate hearing with, um, that I mentioned earlier with Erica Betts. And um, I'm going to go into this, but I remember the other part of the question Jim asked about how, how can, I guess, the, you know, white or Anglo, um, I guess, media organizations do better. And again, a lot of it is for them to be, to get more education and awareness about cultural sensitivity and have cultural sensitivity training. And I think um, when we all talk about free speech, we all believe in that, but with free speech comes a lot of responsibilities and a lot of media outlets and journalists need to understand that you know, to have free speech, there needs to be um, certain responsibilities. So I think to get better is a lot of, um, you know, education and awareness and sensitivity training. And then talk going back to um, the COVID-19 data. So we did a survey that we launched in April, which we uh, was just a basic survey for Asian Australians um, to actually log in their experiences of COVID-19. So it was a 21 question survey and we we asked specific questions to get specific data kind of out. Um, So what we understand is that that's really the only data collection point in terms of discrimination and racism um, against Asian Australians. And to date, we have um, almost 500 reported cases of racism as a result of COVID-19. So that's from April 2nd up till now. So in that couple of months, in you know these few months, um, there've been almost 500 cases um, that have been reported. 
Wow. And so that's uh, part of that survey, I guess, has been the impetus for um, this re um, report because, you know, that we now do have that data that is available that can be used. And we did also launch a preliminary report in July before this report came out on some of the results that we got from um, our survey. So um, I guess this report talking about the media uh, and, and how the media has influenced on this racism and on race baiting, um, you know, aligned with um, the work that we were doing. And that's probably why we were um, happy to collaborate with all together now to give them some of that data that they could use for that, but also for us to contribute um, to this um, important report. Brilliant. Um, now, two of the recommendations of the report yeah. um, are essential, uh, you know, uh, essentially to get more diverse people in newsrooms. Um, you know, that's sort of what they boil down to in my reading of it. Um, oh. You know, wouldn't there be some challenges associated with just putting diverse people into these sort of white power structures and, and hoping that they can change them from within? Because, um, you know, there have been diverse people in media for a long time, um, you know, not in the numbers, as we all know, oh. not quite in the numbers that we'd like or, or is probably necessary. But, um, you know, how are we going to start to change these from within? You, you can't, you raise a quite an interesting point. And I think um, the reason why there has been not many changes um, in a lot of these more white oper operated systems, particularly in the media, in areas of the media, is because there's not enough diversity. And those who are making the decisions, those who influence um, what is going to happen, what is going to be programmed, what is going to be going out, um, what is being edited, what is being published, the majority are um, still white. And um, when you don't have that diversity in that in the leadership in particular, that's why there is no change. It's easy to put um, you know, 20, 30, 40 or 50 people just in the newsrooms, reporting the news, just writing the articles. But if they're not in those those positions where they're making the decisions and they're actually saying, OK, this, this is what's going to, this programming, and this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to be published. Why are we not, um, why do we have this article talking about China, but all the experts are white and where are the Chinese experts talking yeah. about these areas, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. And yeah, so we, we, we see that, you know, you know, it's in our face at the moment. And that's because the leadership and the, the, those making decisions does not reflect the demographics of our society. And this is why we have that problem. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining no us. That's such a, like a, a wonderful insight. And uh, I think that's a, a really uh, great solution to uh, at least move forward to the next step. Mm. Um, so that was Aaron Chu, the co-founder of Australian, um, Asian Australian Alliance, excuse me, talking about the recently published study, Social Commentary, Racism and COVID-19. You can read more about it at altogethernow.org.au.